This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Biden administration is making diversity and inclusion top priorities for the State Department workforce. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says he'll name a chief diversity and inclusion officer, elevating a position that already existed at the department. That new officer position lines up with a recommendation made by a task force from a group called the Truman Center. For more on those recommendations, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with task force member, retired Ambassador Gina Abercrombie-Winstanley. If you are not reflecting the full range of Americans in our policies, in how we conduct ourselves, and we're having gaps right there. That means that the full will of the American people is not being reflected. It also means that there is a narrow range of solutions, of perspectives, and how you look at problems and issues and resolve them. That means we're not gathering from the best and the brightest because we're missing gaps of people. So it means that we're going to have fewer tools to work with, that we're going to have fewer people who come with the full range of experiences, background, skills to meet the challenges of the day, whether it's working in Washington or representing us overseas. Great way to frame the conversation here. We've seen some recent announcements from the State Department rolling out a new chief diversity and inclusion officer. I believe the department had a chief diversity officer to begin with, but adding that inclusion piece to things, what would this new official need in terms of resources to effectively do their job? That is a challenging question because it really is a new position. The person who had the CDO as part of their portfolio had it among a wide range of things and a focus on EEO, which is a legal standard. So the emphasis is very, very different and it's difficult to combine the two and it's impossible to combine the two and do them equally well. So a chief diversity and inclusion officer, number one, is going to be the point person. When you want something done, you got to put somebody in charge. You've got to put somebody in charge of making sure it's done and being held accountable. What that office will need, of course, will include data, access to the data, the ability to slice and dice it in all ways to understand exactly where the department is now. Where are the groups of underrepresented employees? How far do they get? And then you can begin to drill down into what are the barriers to move them forward? What are the barriers that keep them out of this sort of position or at this rank? And so that's the first thing, a really solid data shop. The office is going to need the ability to link closely with all the other bureaus. In the past, it's been a little bit of everybody's job to do something about inclusion and diversity, which meant it was no one's responsibility. So having, again, it concentrated, these are the people, this officer, this office is the one who's going to be coming after you to see where you are, set the benchmarks for progress to improve it, and then coming to see how well you've done to meet those benchmarks, or why haven't you met the benchmarks. And so that accountability part, that intentionality part, again, it comes from having someone specifically directed to support the secretary and leadership to getting this job done. So the liaisons, the ability to hold 
people accountable as the secretary has said he wants to do. So this is someone who the secretary has already announced is going to be attached to the secretary's office with the full weight and force of what that means. But making sure that it's not just at the top, it's not just the new people that the department attracts, but getting into that middle that can be resistant over time or just distracted because of the number of things that have to get done when you're doing foreign policy. So having somebody focus on this is going to be a game changer. And of course, what we've been talking about is not just diversity at all levels here, which is certainly a concern, but also making sure that that diversity filters up into the agency's higher ranks. I'm seeing here in the report proposals for blind reviews for employee evaluation reports. To help me better understand how that reform would just go about doing that and making sure that a broader range of folks do make it into the higher ranks of the State Department. It's a challenging thing. It won't be easy to do. So that's something to be worked out because you've got to work on the pronouns as well as simply excising a name. But we've already seen examples in the world of the arts and music when people don't know that it's a woman behind the curtain or a minority behind the curtain, they get scored higher on their performance. And so we've seen that it can make a difference. People you know, you talk about unconscious bias or conscious bias. I don't know which it is, but it's bias. And so if you see a name, and, and I've had the experience myself. I did something I'm not proud of, but I recognized it immediately and corrected immediately. So conscious or unconscious. If you see a name and it attaches with something for whatever reason, it's going to color how you filter the rest of the information. So take the name out, take the pronouns out look at what's there as far as what people are saying they accomplished and how well it's supported that they did it. And I think that will make a difference. Absolutely will make a difference. Of course, this report looks not just at the current State Department workforce, but it also looks at building you know, a pipeline of talent for future generations here. One of the proposals that I'm looking at here is the National Diplomacy University, basically building a military academy-like mm-hmm. equivalent for diplomats here. Uh, Help me better understand how that would build that next generation of State Department talent. Well, the thinking is, and remember that these recommendations, and there's an amazing, well, I, I love it. There's so much richness in these recommendations, are adding to the toolkit for the department to figure out what's going to work best. So the idea is like the National Defense University that, you know, provides training, academic training for the military to keep the standards up, to keep the thinking wide and broad. And so, although the department has the Foreign Service Institute, which is not nearly on the same scale as NDU, to expand that, to expand that training. You can get great leadership training at the Foreign Service Institute. One of the things, not so much as needing to build a university, but needing to build in time for employees to go and get that training. When I worked at the Foreign Service Institute as a senior advisor for a while, I finally got a paper catalog of over a thousand courses offered at the Foreign Service Institute, which I'm sure the vast majority of my colleagues at that time did not know and the people there now do not know. And it's a matter of, do you have time to go take a two-week course, a two-month course if it's available, to add to your store of information and what you can bring to the table to forward foreign policy objectives. And too often, unfortunately, because, you know, the department is often understaffed, 
People don't have the time. You know, a boss to say, yes, you can leave your job and your portfolio and the six things I need you to do every day. You can leave that for a week. You know, who's going to do that? So building in, you know, one of the other recommendations I believe is in there is talking about a swing core so that you can have people go off and do training and there's enough people to backstop them so that the work can continue. This is something that the military does very well and we need to learn better from. The Department of State needs to learn better from. Retired Ambassador Gina Abercrombie went Stanley speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.